I ask for your continued prayer this morning. I ask you to always pray for the gospel minister, um, not only here, but um, no matter where the gospel is being preached, if the spirit's not there, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be here this morning. Unless I can feel the presence of God, that's why I came here to worship with you and to welcome the Holy Spirit to be with us, to sup with us just for a few minutes. Um, if you like short sermons, today's your special day, okay? <laughs> whenever whenever try, trying to uh, preach the Word of God, I've, I've always had uh, uh, been scared I ever since I've been doing it. That I'll just get up and say a few words and then sit down. But as long as the Lord's glorified and he's honored, just a few words is all it takes to represent such a great God. So pray for us this morning that he'll sup with us. There's nobody better to sup with than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans 12 and 1, he reaches out to the brothers at Rome and he tells them, he says, I beseech you, therefore, that beseech there is the most tender and loving way to approach somebody. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, we are brothers in Christ. God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost is our three in one who represents us. We are brothers in Christ, whether you're a sister or you're a brother. I don't ever want to go out and just call somebody by the first name. I love the brother. Paul talks to those ones who he's writing to and he addresses them as brethren. That should be special name to each one of us. He says, I beseech you most tenderly, most way. He says, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is what? Is your reasonable service. What we're doing here this morning is very, very reasonable. It's very easy. That's what that means. It's very reasonable. It's not reasonable to everybody out here in the unknown world. In the world without God, this is very unreasonable. This is ridiculous and silly. But it's reasonable to the child of God. He beseeches them. Okay? And he's doing this not as the apostle, the great apostle Paul. He's doing this as a fellow brother. It's why he beseeches. That's why when the pastor calls you and you ain't been to church, he don't come out slinging, <laughs> you know, where are you at? What are you doing? No, he, he tenderly and say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, how are things going? He's beseeching you to kind of get you to say, you know, where I've been, where you been? What's going on? Are you sick? We miss you. Okay, he, the pastor beseeches those who've been astray for a little while. They don't come out and just say, where have you been? What's going on? <laughs> talk to me, you know, and berate him. It's easier to lead somebody than direct him, okay? And he says, all this by what? The mercies of God. God is a merciful God. When, it, when I look at a subject and I come across something, I think the mercies of God, I look back through all my life and see where the Lord has been with me every step of the way. Not while I'm going through the trial, but I can look back, see where the Lord has had mercy and he's beseeching them to present their bodies a living sacrifice. You know, in the Old Testament, they brought bulls and calves, and brought, you know, sacrifices. And he's telling them that we're supposed to be presenting our bodies. You know, God is our body. He owns us. He bought us 
They're not our bodies to give. The Lord is our body, and our body is of the Lord. And we're to present that. When you present something, how are you going to present it? You know, Baker's birthday, we presented him with some presents. We gave him some presents. That's what that is, present. How are you presenting your bodies? We're supposed to be doing that by a living sacrifice. That's a daily sacrifice. That's a daily sacrifice unto God, and it's acceptable. He says, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's not unreasonable, okay? The mercies of God. All throughout the Old Testament, the, the Israelites, they understood the mercies of God. They received mercy, then they stray away. What were they looking for? They start going back for the mercies. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1 and 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of what? The Father of mercies. When I think about the attributes of God, you know, I think of love. What is the greatest attribute of God? Well, they're all great attributes. He's God. He's great. He's just, you know, they're all great. But, you know, all through my, my life and about every single day, I look to the Lord and I ask for mercy upon my soul. I ask for mercy upon Bethel Church. I ask for mercy upon my family. You think about it. When you look back, what do you ask for the most from God? You ask for mercy upon us, mercy upon our nation, mercy upon everything we do each step of the way. You know, when's the last time he said, Lord, love me? <laughs> okay, love is a great attribute of God. God is love. Well, when's the last time he said that? But when's the last time he said, God, have mercy upon our soul? What happened down in South Nashville needs our prayers, okay? Mercy upon the souls of those families. God is the God of mercy. He can give it. In the most terrible trials of our life, God is the God and Father. He is the God of mercies. And we need to come to God for that. We need to come. He's loved us before at the foundation of the world. He's had mercy upon us as vessels of mercy. When Paul went to the... And as he, the Lord told them, he said, He is a chosen vessel unto me. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 9. He talks about the vessels of mercy. What if God was willing, when he was talking about Jacob, have I loved, and Esau, have I hated? He will have mercy upon whom I have mercy. He will have compassion on whom he will have compassion. He says, It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. What shall we say? Is there unrighteousness with God? He, he, he perceives the questions being asked. Is there unrighteousness with God? No, he's a sovereign God. He's a sovereign God of mercy, okay? We need to go to him for these things. In time of trial, there's been plenty of times in my life when I've went before the judge and I didn't deserve mercy. A brother came up to me the other day. He said, you know what the problem you know what is with mercy? It means you're guilty. <laughs> I was like, amen on that one. <laughs> All the ch children of God were guilty. When Adam took the, the tree and ate, all of mankind were guilty before an almighty and sovereign God and a just God. If it weren't for God choosing us, predestinating us, and calling you and justifying you on the cross, and then one day glorify you, I tell you, we would be in a burning hell. That's what we have been saved from. Why? Because his mercy does not fail. Jacob needed his uh, mercy. Jacob was a scoundrel. He's just like the rest of us. You know, if God removed his providence and God removed his grace out of our lives, we would be, it, it would be something else. I tell you what, thank God for his, his mercy. Jacob needed it. Jacob said in uh, 32, he's not worthy of the least of God's mercies. Jacob knew it. He'd been set upon. 
He was a scoundrel. He knew if it weren't for God's mercy, he said, I'm not worthy of the least of them. Jacob, the God, Jacob, you know, God called him Israel later on in his life, the 12 tribes. This is who Jacob was. But what, what Jacob was, he needed God's mercies. And he said, I'm not, I'm not worthy of them. Are you worthy of them this morning? I'm not worthy of them. I'm not up here to, like the, uh, you know, the publican and the Pharisee, the Pharisee. The, you know, he was wanting, you know, he didn't need God's mercy. A lot of people don't think they need God's mercy. It's not till we get into a low estate we really need God's mercy. Well, we need it every morning. His mercies are what? They're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. You know, Jeremiah, uh, he was a weeping prophet. It's like Brother Tim trying to preach sometimes. He's weeping all the time. <laughs> it's kind of silly, but I can't help it. I'm, I'm just a crier at heart. And, uh, but Jeremiah, he was the, the weeping prophet. You know, I've said it before. If there's any prophet I didn't want to be like, it was Jeremiah. But it seems like that's just the way it goes. And, uh, but look what he says in Lamentations. He's going about, you know, the destruction of Jerusalem. And he has a right to be weeping. It's a sad state of affairs that Nebuchadnezzar, they've been taken away into Babylon. And he's going around the city. And listen to what he says in, in verse 12, uh, Lamentations 1 and 12. He says, is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? They were just going about. There was nothing. You know, he, he's asking the questions. The same question David asked when going up against Goliath. Is there not a cause? He's looking at people passing by. And he says, is it nothing to you, all that ye pass by? He says in Limitations chapter 3, and he, he is down and distraught. And I've been there. I've been down to the lowest of lows and felt like God is not hearing my prayers. God is not answering what I need. He's not giving me the mercy that I felt like I need. We don't deserve God's mercy. Jacob said, I'm not worthy of the least of them. That's what he's saying is, I'm, I'm not worthy. Not the least of them. I'm not worthy of any of God's mercies. None of us are. That's why we should be thankful that's what mercy is. God withholds the wrath, and he took it out on his son. That's the good news of the gospel. He laid the sins on the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and withheld what we deserve. He put it on his son. That's mercy. That's the greatest mercy event that's ever happened here in this life, is God sent forth his son to die on the cross, to take our place. He laid the sin debt on him, and he paid it. That is mercy. It's the greatest mercy event that ever happened. We deserved it. God took it for us. Jesus Christ put a robe of righteousness on us. He took our sin and put it on him and gave us the robe of righteousness. The just what? For the unjust. The unjust don't deserve mercy. You know, the woman came to the judge and it's like, I need you to have, you know, take it easy on my son. And he's like, well, he don't deserve mercy. She said, that's why I'm asking for it. That's mercy. I know he don't deserve it. That's why I'm asking for it. And Jeremiah, he's going on in chapter 3. He says, I'm a man that hath seen affliction by the rod of the wrath. He, he hath fed, uh, fed me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely, he says, against me is he turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. I mean, he's down and out. He's in a dark place, okay? Things aren't going right. People don't even care. He's walking around. Is it, what, what's going on? Does anybody care? And now he's, he's suffered, and that's what we do when we forget the mercies of God. When we forget his blessings, 
God is a God of mercy and a God who gives mercy, okay? But he is down. He says he's built it against me. He can pass me with gall and travail. I've been there. I've been that way. I've, I've, I've been the darkest dark. When I forget God and the people, that's what his sheep do. They go astray. They forget the blessings. They forget his mercy. They forget his love. And Jeremiah, he's a prophet, and this is what he's going through. Don't think that you can't be in that situation, but I'm here to tell you, let's recall some things. Let's remember some things. And this is what he says in verse 22. He says, or 21, he says, This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. He's got a hope. He remembers some things. He's recalled some things. He's recalling God's mercy. All this stuff's against him. Everybody's been taken away. He's in a deep, dark place, but he's going to recall something. That's what we need to do. We need to recall something. You know, the, uh, when the uh, prodigal son had left and he was down in, in the dumps, he was down in the pig pen, okay? He's, he was wallering, but he remembered, he recalled something. That he said even the servants of his father's house had it better than he did. He remembered some things, okay? He says, I call to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Malachi says it's because God doesn't change. Okay, God doesn't change. It's why the sons of Jacob are what? Are not consumed. It's why we're not consumed here in 2023. It's because of God's mercies. We need them. I need them. I need them bad, okay? I need the Lord's mercies from day to day. I needed him getting out of the house this morning trying to cook and get, we had Dylan come over to the house and stay with us, stay with us. We're trying to get ready and push up. We forgot food for dinner later. We had to stop whipping Walgreens real quick and grab a bag of chips. I was like, Lord, have mercy on me. You know, some people at work will, will call me and do something or say something outlandish or crazy and I'll put L-A-W-D, Lord, have mercy. Uh, I need mercy. It's just something we need every day. I'm telling you, the good news is that God is the Father of mercies. He can give it when you need it the most. He can supply our every need. That's our verse this morning. Blessed be God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. This is a spiritual blessing because only God can give mercy to the unmerciful. He can be the, he's the just one for the unjust one, okay? He became poor, that we might be what? Rich. Rich in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings are in Christ Jesus. He says, It is of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed, because his compassions, they fail not. God has never failed, and he will never fail, okay? We will be with him in glory, not based on our good works, but based on his work, the finished work on the cross, the greatest mercy event that's ever taken place. He says, they are new every morning. They're new this morning. Every time we wake up, the Lord's mercies are new. I love it. It's an endless supply. You buy some stuff and you go to get some stuff from the store, or you may look at something online and it says, limited supply. You better get it now. Aren't you glad that the Lord's mercies are not limited supply? They're unlimited. Okay, you can go to that well. He's got it. You can keep on pulling from that well. That's what he's done all of our life. You, you can't help but to look back and not recognize the mercy of God upon us. That's why we're here today and we're not consumed. That's why. It's because of God's mercies. It's because his love that he sent forth his son, but it's his mercy he had upon us. He didn't have to save anybody. He didn't have to say, you know, they always say well, why he hated Esau. And, you know, why did he love Jacob? 
You know, that's, we always, I've heard that all my life. It's why did he love anybody? Why did he love me? Why did he love me? I haven't done anything to, uh, to receive God's mercy. But yet, I say all the time, I feel like I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on, why things are going wrong. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tithing, I'm coming to church, I don't miss a Sunday. I, I can't miss a Sunday. <laughs> I don't want to miss a Sunday. It grieves to miss my Sunday. God didn't have mercy upon his son. He gave his son for us, and we might be with him. He didn't have no mercy. He brought out the full wrath of God upon his son, okay, for us, mercy upon us. We deserve to be there, okay? Don't ever forget that when you think about the Lord. He says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I, what? Hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that what? That wait for him. Brother Terry loves to sing that song. We'll wait till Jesus come. I tell you what, the Lord is good unto you when you wait upon him. What we're doing here this morning, we're a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. You know, growing up, it wasn't a Q&A whether we wanted to come to church or not. You know, question and answer. Who's ready? Who's not? You know, are we going to go to church this morning or we want to go do something else? Because I'm telling you what, today is a beautiful day to go take advantage of, to not do something unreasonable to other people. But what we're doing is very, very reasonable on the most beautiful day, think of the year. Winds were howling yesterday. You know, there was all kind of stuff going. But I mean, this, today is a perfect representation of God's mercy when you look out those windows. When you look around this church house and you see the people of God, you see vessels of mercy foreordained to be with Him in glory. That's what he's saying in Romans chapter 9. He has elected you. He has chosen you. He has foreloved you before time ever began and foreordained that we would be vessels of mercy. You think the Lord does not love to give mercy? You don't think the Lord loves to give love? You don't think the Lord is compassionate? They fail not. You know what that means? They're never failing. It's never a, you know, a little downslope in the thing. I mean, there's an unlimited, you know, a limited supply, get it now, get it tomorrow, get it tonight, get it when we wake up in the morning. We don't even have to get it. He gives it to us. They're new every morning, okay? It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. We need to be a working people, okay? We need to be looking to God. We need to be searching for God. We need to be waiting for the very mercies of God every morning. I tell you what, the... Uh, we we'll switch over to the the New Testament and uh, Paul, the great apostle. He beseeches these brethren here at Rome. He writes to the church at Ephesus. He writes to Brother Timothy. We all firmly, you know, believe that he wrote the book of Hebrews. And even Peter jumps in on the very mercies of God. Okay, we know in. Ephesians chapter 2, that Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus. In verse 4, he says what? But God, who is rich in what? He's rich in mercy, okay? It means he's abundant in mercy. I love mercy. I've already said it a thousand times, and I'll continue to say it. 
But I know when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to need some more of that mercy. But it's because of mercy that he saved you, okay? That's what he's telling you. He says, at the very first, he says, you were quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. If that's not mercy, I don't know what is. You didn't have the strength. You didn't have the ability. You were dead. We know that a dead person can't do anything. So when you think you deserve mercy, this is where he gave you mercy to be with him in heaven. When you were dead, you couldn't do nothing. You know what nothing means? It means nothing, no thing, okay? Where in times past, this is what you were doing when he saved you. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air. We all had our conversation in times past of the lust of the flesh and the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And by nature, we're the children of wrath. Does children of wrath deserve mercy? No. But did God give it? Yes. Okay? That's how good God is. That's how merciful God is. We were in this state. I mean, when's the last time you decided to give mercy to somebody who's wronged you? Okay, it's tough. I tell you, it is tough when somebody has wronged you to, you to deliver mercy unto them. But God, when you couldn't do nothing, but you were a children of wrath, it says, but God, who is what? Rich in mercy for his great love, or if he loved us. That's how great it is, okay? When you understand this, and you can perceive it, you can understand a little bit, just a little bit of God's mercy. He says he's rich in mercy. For his great love, with he, he loved us. What's he say in Titus? He writes to Brother Titus. I like Titus. I should have named Baker Titus. It's a cool name. The, uh, but he says in verse 3, listen to what he says. He says, For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, Deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. This is where we're at. This is a good picture of every single person who's walked the scene of life. There was nobody perfect save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's why we preach on Sunday mornings. That's why we preach on Sunday afternoons. That's why we preach in special meetings, the cross of Calvary. That's what we preach. That's the greatest mercy event of all time. That's where the light needs to shine on, not upon us, but upon him. Great is his faithfulness, the God and Father of all mercies. We're to present our body a living sacrifice. Why? Because of his mercies. Not any other reason. Not any other thing. If you want to be beseeched in love, we need to present our bodies. Why? Because of his mercies. Nothing else. Just remember that. Okay, he says, this is where we're at. But after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to what? Remember that according, what that means? It means in harmony. In harmony, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. That's where you think you would get some mercy, okay? You show a little, you know, good works. You show a little, you know, things are going in the right direction here. We'll show this man a little mercy, Okay, we'll give him a little, that a boy, okay? You know, it's real easy to give mercy when things start going the right way. You know, growing up, I don't know why my mom and dad didn't just take me to the woodshed more than they did, put me out of the house, to be honest with you. They should have, but they showed me mercy. They showed me some mercy. And this, we're talking about a thrice holy God. A thrice holy God, 
never been sin. He hates sin. He hates the workers of sin. He hates the workers of iniquity. But he said it was, uh, to Titus, he says, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according or in harmony with what? His mercy. With his mercy, he saved us by the washing, regeneration, and renewing of a Holy Ghost, which he has shed, abund shed on us abundantly through Christ, our Savior. He shed on us abundantly. That's what God does. I mean, you know, the cup always overflows with God. You look back and how, how much big is his mercy, you look to none other than Jesus Christ, the only one who could get the job done. The only one who could get it done, okay? That's mercy. He says it wasn't by work, our righteousness. It was God's, Jesus' son's righteousness. He is our righteousness, okay? He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We got hope in Jesus Christ. I've got hope, why? Because of his mercies. You know, Peter talks about that. He talks about a hope. He talks about a lively hope. He says in First uh, Peter, he says in chapter, verse 2, he says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through what? Sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Listen to what he says in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we talked about this morning at Paul's address to the Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according or in harmony with his abundant mercy has begotten us again. It's because of God's mercy that he regenerated your stony heart and gave you a heart of flesh. So here in this life, we can receive and experience and know the blessings and the spiritual blessings of God. The unregenerate doesn't care. He doesn't care about the mercies of God. He don't wake up with looking at outside and thank God for the mercies of God, the newness of his mercies every morning. They don't do that. They don't have a spiritual receiver. They don't care anything about that. They're not bending down on their knees and going to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and begging for mercy. They don't care about mercy. They don't care about mercy on anybody else. The person down in the south side, there was no mercy involved. It was straight hate, okay? That's the hatred of this world. Don't, it shouldn't be a shock or it shouldn't astonish us with the things that are going around. What it should be shocking and astonishing is that the Lord would have mercy upon me one more day. Just one more day. That should be the shock. That should be what astonishes us. It says in the Old Testament, I like that word too. But he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. That's what that word means. He has regenerated us, made us alive, quickened us again into a lively hope. Why is it a lively hope? Because Christ lives, okay? That's why it's a lively hope. Because he lives, we'll live also. That's what he's saying there. It's a lively hope. It's something we, we got going we were dead in trespasses and sin, and he has begotten us again. He has made us alive in Jesus Christ. We were dead, okay? He has begotten us again. He has quickened you. If you love the Lord, he has quickened you. He has begotten you again and given you a lively hope. You ain't going to get that lively hope from anywhere else. You're not going to get that hope. You're not going to be able to receive and ask for the Lord's mercies if you ain't been begotten again. You don't care. But that's what he's saying there, okay? He says he's begotten us again, which according to his abundant mercy... That's what it's according to. That's what it's in harmony with. 
every child of God from the time he's conceived until he was on his life, he is going to be called. Why is he going to be called? Because he was foreknown. Why is he going to be? Well, he's going to be predestinated. That's all spiritual blessings. During this life, he is going to begotten every child of God that was given to him of the Father before time ever began because it was all because of his mercy that he gave anybody to his son. Do you understand that? It's his mercy that he saved anybody. And it's because of his mercy that we can get up and ask for it, the endless supply of it, the unlimited supply of God's mercy. I was thinking about mercy, and I just you can't help but just shrivel up. I, I, I did. I'm not deserving of God's mercy. Like I, when I started, it, it's so easy to, to look at something, and you look at your own self. When you see yourself and who you are, and you see God and who he is, I tell you what, you better get on your knees and beg for that mercy. I'm telling you what, he can give it. He is the God of mercies. And I want us to look every day and thank God for his mercies, that we're not consumed. Do we need to be consumed? Absolutely. I, I hate to say that to you. I know it's probably bad news to you, and it is bad news. <laughs> it's bad news. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to lie, especially up here. Uh, it's bad news. We, we, we should be consumed, but it's because of God's mercy. And when we walk through here in this life, he's begotten us again into a lively hope. We can get up and smile and thank God for another day. Thank God for that lively hope. I love a lively hope. I don't like to hope to win the lottery because I ain't no lively hope. <laughs> That's a pipe dream and a wish. That's not hope at all. But we can, uh, real hope it's a lively hope that God can give. So Paul tells him, he says, I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God. He's the God of all mercy. He's the God that can give mercy. He's the God that gives it every single day. He gives it to each child of God as he walks here in this life. At some point, I tell you what, the thief on the cross, he went a whole lifetime as a thief. But he needed that that we sing the song, Depths of Mercy, can there be mercy still reserved for me? Can my God his wrath forbear me, the chief of sinners spare? Paul knew that in him dwelt no good thing. Okay? Isaiah said, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. They knew they didn't deserve the very mercies of God. And that thief on the cross, he looked to the Lord and said, please remember me. And come into thy kingdom. He says, today thou be in my paradise. That's mercy. At the final hour, he gave it. Because he went to the one who can, okay? Remember me. Hope the Lord remembers me and remembers you every day. We can look to the God of mercies. He said, Lord, please remember me. He got mercy at that final hour. I hope you can enjoy the mercies of God every day, not at the last minute. But that's the God who can give it. God who gives it to each child. It's not according to your righteousness, but according to his abundant mercy. But God who is rich in mercy. He's an abundant mercy, rich in mercy, endless supply of it. He's a great God. And we come to meet here every time. So let's present our bodies a living sacrifice. Not only today in the church pews, but out here in life. Each day we have a chance to present our bodies to God holy and acceptable unto him. You know, I come into church, I don't ask people and I don't ask friends to come to church because of me. Come because you love the Lord. Come because of the mercies of God. 
make them holy and acceptable unto him. I, I'm not accepting your worship. We need to be sacrificing ourselves to God. It's our reasonable service. Don't ever think that it's unreasonable to come to worship one who's the father of mercies, one who can give all mercies. There's an endless supply of mercies. Even if it comes down to the final hour, thank God he gave his son by his abundant mercy for us, for you and to me, the greatest mercy event of all time when he sent his son for you and me. That's mercy, the just for the unjust. I thank you for your time this morning.